Please be seated. A very good morning and welcome again to the Chapel of the Cross. It is wonderful to see all of you this morning. You are in, a in for a treat this morning in that you do not have to hear me or will preach. Uh, we, hey. <laughs> That, that, uh, that woohoo sounded like it was related to me. Um, but we are in the stewardship season, as I mentioned uh, last week. And so uh, this morning, uh, we are going to hear from two uh, leaders in our parish, one who uh, is currently on the vestry, one who has served as on the vestry and a senior warden. Uh, folks who are involved in so many different ways in the life of the church. And um, I got to hear them at the 8 o'clock service and was deeply moved and inspired. And um, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing them again. So uh, it is my delight to welcome to the pulpit uh, first Sarah Beth Clark. Good morning. My name is Sarah Beth Clark, and I would like to start with the stewardship prayer. The Lord be with you. Lord, we pray that we will make stewardships a way of life. We acknowledge you as the source of all we have and all we are. Help us to place you, our loving creator, first in our lives by becoming more prayerful, more focused on loving and caring for our families and our neighbors in need, and by becoming less preoccupied with material things. Help us to hear your call to be good stewards, caretakers, and managers of all your gifts by sharing them for your purposes. Help us make your priorities our priorities and to put our faith into action. Help us plan to give back the talents, treasures, and time with which you have blessed. Help us plan to serve our church, our community, and our world with your gifts. May we serve you and pray, you, pray with you a joyful spirit of mind and heart. Amen. Amen. After we say, I believe, what do we do with all that the Lord has blessed us with? We are called to use the gifts that God has given us to do the work that God is calling us to do. I joined the Episcopal Church 22 years ago. I can still remember my first stewardship season. I was eager and excited to fill out my first pledge card. I was a young mom and just starting nursing school. I obviously did not have a large monetary pledge I could offer, but I had time and I had talents. I proudly picked up my pledge cards in the narthex and turned them in. As a newbie Episcopalian, I thought when she said every parishioner was to fill out a pledge card, that also meant for me to fill out for my newborn. The next Sunday, I was taken aback when the rector spoke of the youngest pledge. It was not for the monetary value, but that the youngest parishioner had turned in a pledge card, pledging they would attend the nursery and the church every week. She went on to say that the tiniest parishioner pledging to give their time was just as important as the biggest monetary pledge, but I bet the finance committee was still thankful for the biggest monetary pledge. I have two boys that are still at home. They are active in the church. Lloyd is active with Alkalite, part of the UIC, 
helped with setup and parking at Day of and Country this year and has asked to join the Grave Diggers Guild. James loves coming to catechesis and can't wait to start back children's choir and Wednesday night suppers. We love all the family activities provided by the chapel and spending time with our chapel friends. When we as parents instill in our children the importance of giving to our church, we are showing the future generations the importance of sharing the life, worship, and responsible stewardship of the church and of its mission. When I first came to the chapel seven years ago, I immediately felt at home. It was fall and I decided to dive in and help with Day in the Country. I chose bread baking for my first time. Miss Birdie and Dan Robertson were the first people that welcomed me. Miss Birdie taught me all about labeling and bagging at the right time, cutting bread for samples, and especially cleaning those pans. Dan took me under his wing and had me making loaves, counting the loaves we had made, and introducing me to my first chapel friends. Lisa Graves educated me on the chapel of the history and the 63 egg cake. Now I'm on the bed breaking team and look forward to the hardest but funnest 48 hours of my year. The days are not easy, but the reconnecting with chapel friends and making new ones make the two days of work more than worth it. The next morning I worked in the country store where Whit Rayner introduced himself to me. We learned where each of us were from and talked about mutual friends from the Delta. He asked me if I sang. I told him I'd been in show choir growing up and I could carry a tune. He invited me to join the choir. The next week I went to practice and I've been captivated by the beauty and the direct relation between the music and the liturgy. For better or worse, they are stuck with me. They are part of my family and learning for them has been good for my soul. Our chapel is so blessed to have had such talented singers and dedicated music director as Ed to research the worship services ahead to correlate the music and the liturgy. And I cannot wait for our new organ to be in this worship space and fill these halls. Each year, it seems that God gave me a little more. And being at the chapel, I have joined the Altar Guild, the Flower Guild, Foyer Group, Sia, and now the Vestry. Each of these differ in time and talent, but all of them give me more than I feel I could ever give in return. I've made lifelong friends and have learned so much from each of the members of this group. There's a saying that where your pleasure is, there is your treasure. Where your treasure is, there is your heart. Where your heart is, there is your happiness. As I know that many of you have had those same feelings. As you pray about your time, gather and pledge, keep these feelings close to your heart. Ask God to use the gifts He has given you to do the work He has given you to do. Amen. Good morning. My name is Davis Fry, and it is a real honor to get to stand in front of you, my church family, and talk to you today about stewardship. When I was in the back of the sanctuary this morning, I was talking to a second grader who made me swear not to tell his name, but he may be the oldest child of Will and Sarah Compton. I told him that I was going to get to preach today. And he saw my sermon that I typed out, and he said, I know what that says. And I asked him what, and he said, blah, 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 Jesus, blah, blah, blah. 
I don't think I could have said it any better. It is a blessing to get to stand in front of you and speak today on stewardship. When Stan Heron and Tommy Robertson asked me to speak about the reason that my wife Martha and I pledged to the church, I jumped at the chance. It's an opportunity for me to do something I rarely get to do. It's an opportunity for me to tell you just what this place, this community, this parish means to me and my family. It's a rare opportunity for me to tell you just what you mean to me and my family. And then I was told I had five minutes. Now that's a challenge. So I'll do this. I believe I can describe the reason that Martha and I give to the chapel of the cross in a single word, gratitude. We are so very thankful. We're thankful for this place. We're thankful for the relationships we've made in this parish. We're thankful for you. Now, don't get me wrong. Our lives are not perfect. As Martha will be quick to tell you, I am not perfect. But we are thankful. We are grateful for our relationships in this parish that help us, encourage us, and enrich our lives. We pledge so that this parish can impact others like we have been impacted by you. We want others to experience the love and joy that we feel in this parish. And to the extent possible, we want to be a part of that love and joy. We want to contribute to that love and joy. That's why we pledge. So I want to do my best today to share my gratitude, our gratitude with you. I want to go back in time to 1997. Martha and I often laugh about our first visit to the chapel. It was five o'clock on a Sunday in July 1997, almost 25 years ago. I had been studying for the Mississippi Bar Exam all summer, and it started the next day on a Monday. On that Sunday at lunch, Martha asked me what I wanted to do that afternoon. I told her I wanted to go somewhere and pray. We had visited the chapel grounds before, and we loved the history of this place. There is something very special here. Something strikes you when your tires hit the gravel driveway when you pull off 463. It's like stepping back in time. All those irritations and petty frustrations of life seem a little less significant. And these grounds are so rich in history. Think of all the sermons that have been preached on these grounds. All the hymns sung, the communion shared, the weddings, baptisms, funerals, graves dug, Sunday school classes, Wednesday night suppers. Think of all the prayers said on these grounds since 1851. All those people who have knelt at this place in reverence to God. You can almost feel it when you drive onto our campus. So there we were, a newly married couple in 1997 with so much of our lives ahead of us. We took a deep breath like you do when you walk into a place for the first time without any idea what to expect. 
and we walked into the chapel and sat awkwardly in an empty pew. The truth is, there were a lot of empty pews. It was the five o'clock service in July. There were about 15 people there on that Sunday. We stuck out like sore thumbs. But at the end of that service, something special happened. The rector invited us to his office to talk. It was the first of the many lasting relationships we've made here at the chapel. We were welcomed, we were invited to return, and we joined the church on the spot. I'm not kidding. Martha couldn't believe this Presbyterian was converting to Episcopalian. All it took was one visit to the chapel. After that Sunday, something remarkable happened. This place, which is so rich in history, became a part of my history, my family's history. That antique altar rail in the chapel became the altar rail where I was confirmed with Martha as my sponsor. Bishop Gray put his hands on my head and said, more and more. That old baptismal font where so many had been baptized became the baptismal font where my goddaughter was baptized and where my children were baptized. All those old grave sites and headstones that marked the lives of distant past became places of reverence where some of our friends and family are buried and laid to rest. Even the pews hold meaning for me. The pew in the chapel on the front right is where I sat when keeping vigil for Ella Weston. The pew on the back left is where I was stung by a wasp during an 11 o'clock service one Sunday. The pew on the back right is where Martha and my children always sat. The front pew by the organ is reserved for Shirley Abney. Hey, that's just the way it is. And it's these memories, these important milestones in our lives, and all of the love and support that is poured out to help us and others that keep us coming back to the chapel. Now, admittedly, it's not always paradise. Like any family, there are times when we disagree. Sometimes rugs are taken up and put back down. Sometimes organs are moved and moved back. And sometimes there are even disagreements about the interior design of a new worship space. But like any family, even when we disagree, we still love each other. And as time passes, life happens. Kids grow up, loved ones pass away. We experience losses, disappointments, and even heartbreak. And what I've learned with the passage of time and with the experiences of life is that through all of those things, all of those experiences, good and bad, God is calling us into relationship with him. God is calling us into relationship with each other. God wants us to love one another as Jesus loves us. That's a tall order, but that's the love we feel at the chapel. That's why we pledge. In 2 Corinthians, 
Paul writes, The point is this, The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. The Chapel of the Cross has given me and my family an abundance of blessings. The relationships that Martha and I have formed at the chapel are a true blessing for us. You are our friends. You are our family. You are our mentors. You are us. When I see visitors on their first Sunday to the chapel, they are us 25 years ago. When I see those parents of young children trying desperately to keep them quiet on the back row, they are us 15 years ago. You are us as we are today. You are us as we were when we began going to the chapel. You challenge us, sometimes really challenge us. You encourage us. You support us. You love us. And we are truly grateful for it. It's that feeling of love that enables us to be cheerful givers. It calls to us to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but gratefully. It allows us to give joyfully out of thanksgiving for God, out of thanksgiving for you. That's why Martha and I pledge. I hope you will join us.